0: A lot of people think about cooking like it's a science, and to a certain extent it's true, but it does not have to be. It does, though, have a couple of rules that if you follow, you are guaranteed a success, right? So today I'm gonna to break it all down for you. I'm not gonna be giving you the you know the obvious cooking tips on oh how to peel an onion or how to I don't know fix a soup that went salt and completely wrong or you know all that kind of stuff. Maybe we'll talk about some of those stuff. I mean I, I never know where the conversation ever goes when whenever I'm recording, but uh, completely different story. But I'm gonna give you tips and more like guidelines on what you can apply to your cooking to make it better to enhance it and to actually yield you a better result in terms of how to think about food and how to prepare yourself for cooking, whether it be in the professional kitchen or in your home kitchen. The rules are simple, so let's babble on. hello everyone i hope you guys are doing good welcome to boneless babble my name is jimmy i'm your host uh shame on you if you have not known that because it's literally everywhere it's in the title it's in the description it's 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 written on my forehead oh wait you can actually see that never mind (laughs) um today i'm gonna talk to you guys about some cooking some cooking tips how, how to make your life a lot easier when it comes to uh to diving in the kitchen and how to most of the time get things right, okay? A lot of people fear uh, heading into the kitchen and cooking and and be like, oh, I'm so bad at cooking and, and stuff like that, which, you know, in some cases it is very true. There are some people that are absolutely forbidden to be anywhere near a kitchen because um, it's a disaster and cooking is not for everyone. But if you are an avid cook and whether it be obviously professional or, or or home cook it doesn't really matter but if you if you like cooking and uh it is something that you'd like to uh improve or you know just just you know you you're the, one of those people that like to cook to, uh, to cook to impress or like to entertain i know a lot of people like to entertain at their homes um well this podcast is for you um i'm going to be sharing with you some of well, I'll try to as as much as possible, you know, cramp in here, uh, some guidelines and uh, kind of tips for thinking when it comes to f- just to change the mindset when it comes to food and cooking in general. Um, and I will start with the rule number one. Okay, that is literally rule number one as it as it is it's cleanliness and organization you have no idea you have no idea how easy and clear it makes your experience uh in cooking um when you're working in a clean and organized environment and i'll explain i'm not talking about uh uh you know Um, like the entire kitchen being clean and organized, which obviously is a lot of help. But for example, if you're working in a certain part of the kitchen, just make sure that it's clean and organized at all times. Not only when you start cooking, that actually does not matter, but what matters the most and more than anything is how clean and organized uh, the working space is while you're actually cooking and working in it Um, because think of it as the huge mess that you have on the table in front of you or on the working bench is the huge mess that you have in your brain whatever is on that working bench it is that's how your brain is functioning at that point so you want to keep everything organized, keep everything clean. And my personal tips to keeping these uh, two things together is first of all, to always give it a wipe down after you're finished with one thing, right? And I'm not talking about, you know, scrubbing things and whatever, but if you're done and you have two minutes, uh, if you're, I don't know, if you're done like cook, uh, cutting some onions or garlic or whatever, and uh, you, did, you did whatever you did, take a couple minutes, wash up, you know, literally just just a very um basic uh cleanliness and organization and another tip is for you to have some sort of container or a small bowl or something for trash next to your cutting board or whatever you're working with Uh, that way instead of just scattering around you know peels of carrots and onions or or scraps of meat or whatever uh, around the workbench or the cutting board you have a small trash bag or a small trash can that is like I don't know a bowl or something that you can throw the trash in. Once once it gets full, you just dispose of it uh, in the trash, and everything uh, is set to go. Um, and or in terms of organization, uh, one of the things that I really like uh, to do, and it's very important. It's, it's very very important. It's 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 the secret to success in in the in, in restaurants especially. And any type of actually dinners, It's just a quality of life kind of thing, uh, and it's more efficient. Uh, and it, here, here, here I go. I'm leading into my second uh, point. It is prepping ahead of time. All right, and it does not have to be you know prepping two days ahead or or anything like that. Right. What I'm talking about is that if you are making, for example, a um, a pasta, okay, and you're doing a uh, a tomato sauce like pasta tomato, t- just pasta pomodoro, uh, very very classic. So you obviously there are a few steps there, and you gotta you gotta cut up the veggies, and you know make the sauce, and then and then cook the pasta, and then combine everything together, and then you know plate it up. So you want to actually. When you're planning to cook whatever you want, you actually have to break it down into steps and understand, okay, what can I do? So if I'm doing, if I'm I'm working on the cutting board, let's get everything that needs to be cut on the board out of the way first, then get rid of the cutting board and work on the next thing, on the next uh, activity. So, uh, you know, the activities could be uh, baking, it could be cutting up, things. It could be cleaning things or peeling things. So for example, if I have to cut, uh, I don't know, I'm making the marinara sauce and I want to put onions and garlic in it, right? Um, So what I would do is obviously the garlic and the onions needs to be peeled and then cut up. So I go on the peeling stage. I peel everything that needs to be peeled, get rid of all the peels, and then start again uh, with a fresh uh, workspace. And... Then you do all the cutting that you need you know want to cut up some tomatoes you cut up the onions you cut up everything you put it on the side and then you can start cooking obviously the more uh the f- the more you master cleanliness and organization uh you'll obviously also can can cook as you go but if you're entertaining or making a huge dinner or uh and a, and a a big dinner as big as like four people or six people and you're making four or six dishes um then you definitely want to follow this because okay you opened up the cutting board you're cutting onion all right what which one which of my dishes have onions in them so let's cut onions for the salad let's cut onions for um i don't know the ceviche let's cut onions for the pasta so you you know three birds with one stone instead of working on everything separately just take the processes of whatever you're doing and apply it to Uh, condense it into one activity and then once you have all your prep ready and it's in in the in the professional uh world the term is maison plus which is prep ahead of time uh in french um that will make your life a lot easier so when you come to cooking everything is just ready and you you know You know, dump in the, you wanna sweat the onions and then you put in the garlic and then the tomato sauce and the fresh tomatoes and whatever, right? And everything is just ready. So you have your sauce prepped ahead of time. You can have your pasta cooked also ahead of time and just like coat it with some grape seed oil or something or olive oil, whichever you fancy. Um, And then whenever your guests arrive, you can actually just toss in the pasta in the sauce mix it all up, heat everything nice and good, you know. shave some Parmesan, put in some uh, uh, basil leaves in there, and you're set to go. And that goes for anything. If you're making a salad, make the sauce ahead of time, set it up, uh, aside, uh, make a bowl, put all the salad ingredients together, don't mix anything, don't season anything, just cover it and keep it in the fridge until your guests arrive. And then when your guests arrive, you literally have to be in the kitchen for 10 minutes to just heat things up, dress the salads, do whatever, and then plate it all and the table's ready. So within 10 minutes, you have hot food that all goes out at the same time and no one has to wait around. The food does not have to wait around on the table and get cold. A lot of people, what they do is that, oh, we have guests for dinner, then we'll just prepare the table and whenever they come, they'll come and the food in the meantime gets cold and it's not as good and it, you know, these kinds of things. And I I know a lot of people don't really care about this kind of stuff, which is okay. But if you do care, uh, and if you wanna take your cooking to the next level and be this magician that, okay, my guests arrive, I had a glass of wine with them, uh, you know, we had our our toast or or, or whatever, and then I go in the kitchen while the table is actually empty. I go in the kitchen and in 10 minutes, the table is like full, you'll be a magician. You'll be the star of the show. And those kinds of things, it's like, you know, it's like cooked and impress kind of thing. So with the right prep and the right organization, you can actually pull it off. Um, so there you go. That's the first and kind of second tip. It's prep ahead, cleanliness and organization. Uh, another really, really uh, uh, huge thing, in my opinion, is trying out different things. And uh, this is... Uh, to basically broaden your horizon when it comes to uh, trying out new recipes from new different cultures or um, different cuisines and stuff like that. Listen, on your free time, go online, grab a book, whatever. Just start looking for things, look for recipes, look for new ideas, look for new stuff and try it out. This is one of the the things that I, I personally have accumulated accumulated a lot of knowledge through, um, as you know, when I was a kid, because I used to read a lot of cookbooks, and I used to read a lot of recipes online, and watch watch a lot of cooking shows, and a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, these this content that it just really helps you, you know, shape up and open your mind to different things. And even if you if you don't try like ninety percent of the stuff you see, it just broadens your stuff because. A lot of um certain cuisines use some certain techniques um that you can apply to other things so for example uh a lot of the French cooking when it comes to uh spring vegetables, for example you know like peas spinaches and and you know hard leaves and all of that kind of stuff, they use a technique that's called blanching and this can be applied to anything you can actually. Uh, if you're making like a raw, uh, quote unquote, like beetroot salad, uh, just to make it not tender, but just to make it a little more, I really can't explain what it does to the vegetable because it's, it's a very, I think just try it out, but you can actually blanch the vegetable you're using for like two, for one minute or two minutes, and then give it an ice bath and it will just make it so much, so much more succulent and vibrant in color and everything. And it just does magic um, to whatever you're doing. So that's one of the things that you can take from um, a certain uh, cuisine or a certain dish and take the technique and apply it to something else that you're doing. Uh, It's all about learning the right techniques and the right combinations, uh, which I'll be talking about in a a little bit. Um, So the more you try out First of all, the more you know what you like. You open your head to to different and new ingredients. You open your head to new seasonings, to new techniques, to new cuisines, to new combinations that you never thought of before. Um, Because a lot of the things that actually work, work for a reason you know there's a certain balance in the in the simple marinara sauce that is the acidity with the sweetness of the tomatoes and then the the sharpness and saltiness of the parmesan it's just a whole harmony that com- because you know there's nothing in there and why is it so good well this is the reason why it's so good it's got all the different elements of 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 flavor in it and it's a very well rounded experience so think about that kind of stuff when you're cooking, okay? Um, I personally very mu- highly recommend not to follow a recipe to the T unless it is uh, it involves baking, desserts, uh, bread, or anything that is very technical. But if we're talking, I don't know, if you see a recipe online for a pasta, never follow it to the T, all right? You wanna follow more of the technical stuff on how long to cook the pasta, uh, how long to, I don't know, bake the whatever you're doing. Whatever, but when it comes to the sauce, when it comes to the toppings, when it comes to that, you feel free to play as you wish, right? You are the boss of your kitchen. You can do whatever you want. So if a pasta has some zucchini on it, in it, just you know, feel free to substitute that for uh, I don't know, eggplants, or substitute that for carrots, or you know, you could do whatever you want. Honestly, you can do whatever you want, and remember that. At the end of the day, you're the one who who has to like the food. So if you see a recipe, as I said, and it has zucchini, and you hey, you're like, oh, I don't really like zucchini. Just use anything else. You know, you have a favorite vegetable. You have, I don't know, you really really enjoy uh, eggplant, as I said. Then go ahead and substitute for that, for for eggplant. You know, just think about that kind of stuff where you are the boss. If you like your pasta a little bit more on the undercooked side, you know, al dente, then go ahead and do that. If you like your pasta a little more cooked, then add another minute or two. You know, just and always taste and adjust. Taste and adjust. Add the more the, the amount of salt that you like and and go from there. In terms of seasoning, if you feel like okay, they use black pepper and salt and I want you know I feel like I want to add coriander seeds to my pasta. No one's stopping you. First of all, try it out. You know, worst case, it won't be as good. And for the next time, you'll know not to do that again, or it will be fucking fantastic. And you'll love it so much that you start putting coriander seeds in everything, which I personally like to do that. Coriander seeds are just amazing. You know, toast them up a little bit, crush them, and you've got a seasoning to go with everything. It's just very nutty and fantastic. Um, but it's it's one of those things that you, you, you know, you just try it out. And we feel free to substitute things for other th- for other stuff. Um, you know, if if you're making a pasta bolognese and you don't feel like using um, uh, meat, you can go with chicken. You can go with um, uh, pork. You can actually make a pasta bolognese with fish, which is fantastic. I bet you never thought about that before. But hey, you can you can make some fish balls and 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 just treat them like the meatballs. And make a, a regular uh, a pasta with meatballs, or 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 some flaked flaked in fish, and make your own uh, um, bolognese. Like it's 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 endless the amount of things that you can try up. Um, and you want to think about, uh, and it leads to my second, my third, or I lost count to my next point. Um, it's just try to experiment um with what you like and apply it to everything all right so if you like lemon, for example, lemon goes with a lot of stuff. I personally like lemon and I like to put lemon in whatever i uh can possibly put lemon in and uh it, it's just it's just great it brings it brings a lot of zestiness and tanginess to whatever I'm making it's like a fresh. Uh, bright notes and it's fantastic Uh, so it's one of those things that you'd be like all right i like lemon well first of all let's look at lemony recipes and if for example i don't know i'm making like uh, a seafood uh, bisque or whatever you know put in some lemon taste it you know maybe it can be good if you a huge tip by the way if you're making anything and you want to try to add something to it and you're very unsure about it, then just take a small amount of whatever you're making, whether it be a sauce or a soup or, or literally anything, take it out, uh, take a small amount and add a little bit to it. So if, you, if you're unsure whether to, for example, add more salt, then take a small spoon, put a couple grains of salt, have a taste. Is it better? If so, then apply it to the entire uh, lot that you're making. Um, that that's a, a good a good uh, tip for not fucking things up also when it comes to salt specifically do not add too much salt right off the bat add a little bit in taste and adjust because you can always take you can always take uh you can always add more salt but you can never take out salt The, 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 the do not trust in the potato method i know you've all heard about it it just does not work and the rice method, or, or we'll drink all the, we'll suck up all the salt. No, don't. Well, maybe it's true. I never really tried it, but you know what? I've never gotten to a point where I was like, "Oh shit, I fucked up so bad that I actually need to look up how to fix this." All right, and it happens, and it's fine. But now we're here to learn, and now you have the information to not fuck up. And it's all right. You know, we fuck up sometimes. It's all right. We sometimes burn the soup, or or, or burn the bottom of the pan, or you know we gotta start over and it's fine but for the next time you know not to leave the fucking soup on high heat you know because it will scorch the bottom or whatever it is it's 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 not that big a deal the more you fuck up the more you'll know not to do it again later on um now speaking about lemon and acidity will bring me to my next point and it is something that i will talk about for for quite a bit so uh buckle the fuck up i'll tell you what um this one is really s the, the the holy trinity of um of cooking and it's balancing and mixing flavors okay um so there are a lot of f- uh well flavors slash senses out there and it's uh you know it goes from uh salt acidity um spiciness sweetness uh those are the main four components and uh obviously there's cold there's heat there is fat uh and all of those things that have a really high um impact on whatever you're making all right so and i this one um it's like I did it al- for the longest time. I did this al- uh, mindlessly. Uh, but the, this one time I was in Paris uh, a couple of years ago, and I visited the Shakespeare Library, uh, Shakespeare and Company, and uh it's first of all it's fantastic it is wonderful it is like a small library shop uh, bookstore uh that is located uh next to the notre dame cathedral that was based in 1919 which is insane and it looks super old school and very I don't really know how to explain it, but you can find some pictures of it online. It's really fascinating. Um, the it, it, the inside of it, you cannot actually take pictures inside. Uh, it's very, very special. And it's, uh, it's located on... I actually remember the name of the street because I looked it up and I was looking for it. Um, uh, it's called uh, Rue de la Boucherie. Uh, it's in the 5th. And if you ever are in Paris, it is so much worth it to go in there. There is a lot of fantastic um, uh, books in there. And uh, most of them are in English, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, I came across this book called Salt, Fat, Acid, and Heat uh, by an author, uh, a fantastic lady called Samin Nusrat. And uh, she uh i had never heard of her heard of her before uh but when i looked her up uh it appears to be that she was a a food she had a food column on the new york uh magazine uh, for 4 years and uh she was born in san diego uh to an iranian family um so she had a very uh a very interesting background uh, when it came to food and uh uh, she wanted to explore you know the effect of salt fat acid and heat and she also uh, later on released a document a docu series on Netflix which is very worth watching it's like four episodes and it's a very, it's limited series uh, but it o- really opens your eyes on on a lot of these comp- components and how they react and act on um uh, you know on the food so um Think about it like this, Uh, if you like pickles and you've never tried having a pickle with French fries, right? Try it. If you've done this before, you would know that it is so good. It's just great. And the reason for that is that acidity generally cancels, not, not cancels out, but it cuts through the fat um so whatever that is your fatty or 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 whatever it is that you're making that is fried or has a lot of fat you know a fatty cut of meat or anything if you apply some sort of acidity to it you know it could be a lemon it could be some sort of vinegar it could be uh maybe a sour fruit of some sort uh it doesn't matter but any sort of acidity will cut through fat and that will be that will give you a whole Um, flavor profile which is amazing uh whenever you're cooking something spicy make sure to add something sweet to it because also it's the same thing sweetness brings it it, it like kind of rounds up the the spiciness so it's it's really all about getting that balance and i'll tell you what you will never know the more the more first of all the more you read and the more you watch things and, and 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 experiment um the more you'll know but you will never know unless you try you will know, you'll know you you will not know better because you have to taste it so if you're making a uh, a spicy stew and you added some chilies in there and whatever and you taste it and it's like the right amount of spicy you want take a little spoon add a couple grains of sugar to it taste it trust me just do it you know and even if you add if you end up adding i don't know maybe you know some some honey or any any sort of sweetness right there's sweetness in tomatoes there's there's the, the fruits a bunch of different things but you take you take that and you be like okay this the, like it's still spicy it didn't cancel out the spice but it just made it so much better so it's about finding those balances you know because um you always want to play on more than one flavor profile. Always think about the, uh, the, the simple, basic pasta pomodoro, uh, which is the t- basic tomato sauce. It has the tomatoes in it, which are both acidic and sweet, right? You have the Parmesan. You have the olive oil for richness and th- the fat, right? And you just have all of... The cooking components and the flavor profiles that will make this so good. So, if you taste your tomatoes and they're like not as sweet and they're more on the acidic side, you know to add a spoon of sugar to the pot. There's nothing wrong with adding a little sugar. You know, you do what you need to do to bring that balance to life. And again, the more you experiment and the more the, the more the, um, you try things out the more you'll know. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I can't I can't I'm trying to recreate this dish that I had at a restaurant the other day uh, a couple of weeks ago and I just can't get the flavors right." Well, maybe you're using the right ingredients, the same method and everything, but you're not balancing the flavors. So, just think of that when you're cooking. That's that's probably the most important tip that I can give you. Okay? Um also, ingredients and the quality of ingredients really really matter if you can afford it and if you can get your hands on um some fresh and untreated ingredients you know in the farmer's market or or in the in the butcheries or all of that and the fisheries and all of that stuff then definitely go for it It it's so much worth it you know Um, it's just the flavor is just so much more intense in these products and it really makes all the difference, especially, especially, especially when you're making salads or raw stuff and stuff like that. You definitely want to go as clean as possible. Uh, Definitely organic if you can. Uh, It's, it's really, um, it's, it's really, really worth it. Um, And you know, sometimes simple is, is so much better, you know? Less is more when it comes to these kinds of things. So if you have the right ingredients and they're, right, they're the right quality, then there's literally no need to add too much seasoning. If you're using, uh, for example, if you're using, using fresh, freshly ground um, spices, right if you go to the spice store and ask for freshly ground spices and you don't buy them at the shelf at you know the local supermarket or whatever that've been sitting there for, for, for years or months or weeks um, the flavor and the scent is so much more intense so instead of adding you'll end up adding maybe 20 or 30% the amount that you add from a store bought regular uh, spice right um, so definitely remember the quality of the ingredients makes a difference and actually at the end of the day you might you might you might have to spend less money on that because it's as I said you'll end up losing using less of the ingredient if you're using a good olive oil you don't need too much because the flavor is there the flavor is strong it's fresh it's it's you know it's present so this is very very important um also when it comes to looks, a lot of people, we're living in the age of the Instagram and taking pictures of your food and everything has to look Instagramable and everything, and I fucking hate it because the most delicious food does not have to look appetizing or does not have to look, um, does not have to live up to that Instagram standard. All right, I understand this is the world right now and this is what's, you know, this is it. But do not think about food as it is, uh, you know, from the get-go on how do I make it look pretty, okay? You think about the food, how do I make it look, how do I make it taste delicious, and then worry about how to make it look pretty. And sometimes, you know, there's nothing to do. It's not going to look, you know, Instagrammable, but it's fine. Don't sweat it, because I'll tell you what, a lot of the pictures you see on Instagram and a lot of the pictures you see on especially in commercials and in ads and all of that, that is done in a fucking studio, guys. Remember, it's done in a studio. There's a lot of tricks and there's a lot of, you know, uh, things that are done, that, that is done to the food to make it look as good as it is, Right? Or as good as it looks, uh, a lot of the food that you see in ads is actually fake. It's not real food, you know. Uh, I'm sure you, some of you have seen the the behind the scenes on some food commercials and stuff like that. If you have not, go look it up. It's everywhere. You know they use cartons to lift off pancakes to make them look, you know, higher and fluffier. They use oil to brush on on things to make to make a food look more juicy. Um, uh, they inflate stuff for volume. They use special effects. There's editing involved. Uh, there's some machinery to make the food spin, and it, it's a it's a whole. I've worked in the in the in the cooking shows industry and in the advertisement industry as well. And you would not believe the stuff that goes in uh, in the food just to make it look. It's an inedible food. What you're saying, uh, because there's there's just fake stuff in there, right? So. So go ahead and, and look it up. Uh and please do not worry about making things look magazine ready because, you know, all of the food is tampered with for pictures. Okay? So just take that as a as a as a small uh rule of thumb. Um another thing is do not expect perfect results the first time around, especially when it comes to baking and desserts. I I personally have uh, certain fears when it comes to baking because uh, I, I did, I did have some experience with it, but it's something that could easily get fucked up because you have to follow recipes to the T and you have to be very exact with the measurement, you have to weigh stuff. Also, never trust a recipe that is in cups and sorry, always go for the recipes in grams and, in, uh, and, and you know, that goes by weight. Again, especially for baking and for sweets and for desserts. Um, You want to be as, as, as precise as you can when it comes to those, because every element has a role um, and the amount you put really makes all the difference, right? It really makes all the difference. So these these kinds of things, you cannot eye out. You cannot just, you know, apply by eye. No, that's not how it works. So uh, make sure to do that. Um, also, uh, it, this kind of goes back a little bit to prep, and um, uh, it is kind of a, a, a more fresh point of view. Um, make the maximum out of the waste that you have. All right. So if you see that you're stuck with a lot of vegetable scraps and you made all these salads and whatever, how about you make a, a vegetable stock out of those? You know, I'll give you the literally the basic the base for any stock that you can do all right first of all you want to get a nice char on whatever you're doing all right whether it be bones meat scraps fish fish bones um or or vegetables get a very nice th- sear on those right super super nice sear Um, and then in the same pot that you sear them apply water and some aromatics you know some garlic some some maybe some thyme a a couple sprigs of rosemary whatever you have on hand you don't have to go out of the way to buy it this is actually just using the scraps um and let that boil bring it to a boil then lower it to a simmer and let it simmer well depending on what what it what it is you're making if it's vegetable stock you gotta let it simmer for two hours the more you go the better but really there is no need for more than two hours let it simmer for two hours uncover let it reduce a little bit you're all good fish the same thing if you're making a fish stock if you made some shrimps and you're stuck with a lot of the um the peels it's the easiest thing it will give you fantastic color um if you hosted a dinner and you had some lobster or some crab or whatever and you have all the leftover shells make a stock out of it uh if you're doing bones uh, whether it be chicken, uh, beef or pork, those have to go a little more uh, time. So you wanna go for as little as six hours, uh, as high as 24, uh, obviously. Um, but again, the higher you go, the better. And there is, trust me, trust me, what you, we you can do is is you have this spot of 10 liters of, of, of stock, right? and you can portion it out into one liters and in like small containers and just freeze that freeze it and trust me there is no better thing to have on hand than a ready stock whenever you're making anything so if you want to make ramen or if you want to make i don't know uh you're making a pasta uh or a lasagna or whatever you want to cook the meat with the marinara sauce add add half a liter of your beef stock to it it will intensify the flavor you have no idea uh so and if you want to make a soup you have a ready a ready vegetable stock on hand if you want to make a seafood bisque you have a ready shrimp stock on hand you know it's these kinds of things that um that literally are fan- just fantastic to have on hand so uh, those those are the kinds of things that you want to, you know, prep ahead. Um, if you want to have, I don't know, uh, if you use a lot of lemon juice or a lot of garlic, what you can actually do is, you know, go ahead to the, go to the store, buy 20 kilos of lemons, you know. Get a couple of friends, start juicing the shit out of those lemons and freeze them. Nothing happens to lemon juice in the freezer, right? And you ha- always have some lemon juice around. Uh, garlic, you can buy a huge quantity of garlic, peel it up. Right? Do not buy the crushed garlic or the frozen garlic or whatever. That has no taste to it. But what you can do is buy a bunch of a bunch of uh, garlic, right? Uh, peel it, put it in a mixer, add a little bit of oil to it, and then uh, uh, blend it in pulses until you want until it's like finely minced, and then portion it out into small cubes or whatever, and freeze it. All right? And then you have fresh garlic forever and you have fresh lemon juice forever and you have fresh stocks forever so you don't have to waste your time on oh i'm i'm entertaining twice i'm entertaining twice this week so i have to juice a bunch of lemon or i have to do this and i have to do that these are things that are it's a quality of life kind of thing especially if you cook often if you cook a lot at home if you entertain a lot if you host a lot of people uh, those are definitely the things that you wanna um, you wanna do also cooking where if you are uh, uh, cooking often, you really want to invest in some good cooking ware, whether it be pans, whether it be uh, pots, whether it be uh, maybe a nice mixer or a nice, uh, I don't know, blender or, or or knives, please invest in a good knife, at least one knife, like a basic chef's knife, a 26, 28 centimeter. Um, yes these things can be expensive sometimes but you have to make the investment for the long run these things will last you years years I know my mom has pots that are older than I I swear to god she has pots that are like 26 27 28 years old and I'm like how does that shit never break but it's because It is a once in a lifetime investment. I swear to God, if you buy a nice crock pot or a nice uh, cast iron skillet, you will be handing that down generations to come, all right? So make sure to invest in some of those. It's really a quality of life kind of thing. Um, So uh, yeah, that's that's definitely it. Um, A fantastic tip. Uh, especially for meat lovers, right? If you want to be, to have an exact and a very precise uh, um, doneness or or meat uh, temp, what you gotta do is let that meat rest twice. Rest once before cooking and rest once after cooking. And what I mean by before cooking is you actually take out the meat before you wanna cook 30 minutes to an hour, let it get to room temperature, depending on the thickness of the cut, right? And then when you cook it, it will cook a lot more evenly because it's not cold at the center and then hot on the outside and the center will not be as cooked. Um, So you'll get a lot more even cook on the meat uh, rather than that. And also please, if you can get fresh meat, do not work with frozen meats, especially when it's it's, it's it's one cut, and even if it's for ground meat, some ground meats are okay, but it's never the same. I'll tell you what, it's never the same. It's, a, it's always more tough, it's always more dry, and it's just not as good as fresh meat. If you can get your hands on some dry-aged meat, and you've never tried it before, go for it. It's so much worth it. It's a little more expensive, but it is so much worth it. It's definitely something that you would not want to eat every day, because again, it is expensive, but, Keep that in mind. If you're hosting, uh you know, an event or doing something or entertaining every once in a while, go for the dry aged meat. Everybody will be like, "What have you done to the meat?" And don't overdo it. Don't just don't do don't overdo it with the seasoning. Season with salt and pepper. You're good to go. Rest a little bit after cooking for five, 10 minutes, depending on the cut. All right, it's about five minutes per per half a kilo of meat. If we're talking uh, um, a five hundred gram nice thick cut of meat. Rest it for five minutes. If we're talking a little more than that, go for go for seven ten minutes. If we're talking about a huge two kilo uh, thing, you want to go for fifteen minutes or twenty minutes, uh, just to rest it and let 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 all the the juices absorb um, into the meat instead of everything running out when you cut it on the cutting board. Um, so that's definitely my Uh, my cooking tip when it comes to meat uh, when it comes to thawing things out uh, if you have some frozen meat or fish or or chicken which again I honestly do not recommend freezing those those proteins but if if you have no choice and this is what you do then the way you want to thaw them out is not outside what you want to do is put them in the fridge in a nice bowl or something that you know will catch all the all the the water or the liquid that's gonna run out of them, right, uh, overnight, and that's the way to do it. First of all, no bacteria will be forming. Second of all, uh, less juice will be running out of those. So keep that in mind. Um, But anyways, those, uh, this definitely concludes my top, I didn't count. Um, cooking tips <laughs> it really is not your your uh usual cooking tips it's it's the unusual cooking tips so uh let's let's definitely go for it um, i really hope this uh really helps you uh guys just take a fresher look on whatever you're making okay um definitely those things have have helped me um uh, uh, you know uh, have a, a, a better perspective. And, you know, applying these things really uh, is a step in, 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 in the way of success, uh, which is fantastic. All right, let's get to the boneless corner of the week. All right, we have a question uh, on Twitter. And it says, what was the first thing you ever cooked? All right, this is a very, very nice question, actually. And the first thing I ever cooked was um, was baklava. It's it's I know it's funny, uh, but I there was this one cooking this one cookbook in my mom's pantry in the kitchen, and I used to always just I I like I knew that book by heart. I was always reading it. I was looking at the pictures, and I was like, okay, there's just so much stuff. And it was like a variety kind of cook. It had a lot of cuisines in it. It was a huge thick book, um, and And I would always go on it. And there was was this one picture of the baklava that I was like, oh, my God, this just looks so good. And I was I was 10 years old at the time. Uh, I remember this because my younger brother was born. My mom was at the hospital with him uh, for a couple of weeks after after his birth uh, because he had some um, lung complications. And... um, I was I was home alone. And for the most for most of the time, because my dad would go to the hospital to stay with them and everything. And uh, my grandma would always uh, 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 would sometimes send send us some some food. My dad would sometimes cook or replace my mom at the hospital and she would come to cook. But for the most for the most part, I had to improvise. And this one time I really craved something sweet. And it was like around midnight. I was not allowed to stay late, uh, but my my dad was working a night shift. My mom was at the hospital with my uh, younger uh, baby brother, and I was like, "Fuck this shit! I'm going in the kitchen." I found, I you know went through my mom's pantry. I kind of somehow found all the right ingredients that I need, and I made baklava. And it came out actually really good. Um, And from there, I really started experimenting with uh, with food and cooking and stuff like that, and really encouraged me to, uh, you know, kick off my journey. So that was the first thing I ever cooked. but, yeah, that concludes it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys want to take part in the Boneless Corner, the hashtag Boneless Corner on all social media. Uh, at Boneless Babble, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want, you'll find it. Uh, if you go down also... in uh, At the bottom of the description, you can find the links. And you can also find, if you're on Spotify, you can find the Q&A. So make sure you, uh, you know, do the five stars and the reviews. And uh, if you like this podcast, why not share it with a friend? You know, let's beat the the algorithm together. Um, Yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It's a lot of fun when you uh, you get to talk about food. Um, Yeah, till next time. Babble on, babble the five wham. All right, I'll see you later, peace.